What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush, Friday Oscar Roundtable Edition, although this is a mere triangle, if <laughs> yes, we're being honest. It's true. Uh, to my right, I have Casey. Hello. Right in front of me at the far end of the table through a mess of <laughs> wires and microphone stands, which is super annoying. I have yes. Annie. I like to exist within the mess, <laughs> within the chaos, so it's all good. You do exist within the chaos. <laughs> and Annie, I should say, I saw uh, on the Movie Crushers page... Someone said, hey, did it, was everyone like me and went and watched Annie in the City oh, after hearing cool. about it? That's awesome. So people are watching it. And wow. this uh, the gentleman who posted this particular post loved it. Awesome. Well, gotten, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten a few uh, nice like Amazon and Letterboxd reviews, so that's cool. Yeah, that's that good. Uh, I think he said, I think his comment was, I could definitely see why Paul is doing a Sofia Coppola series. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. So uh, that's great. There's nothing wrong with wearing your inspirations on your sleeve. I mm-hmm. love it. I think the first, like, 20 things I tried to write seemed like Woody Allen movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't write those anymore, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can well, get no, better you, than that. You, yeah. could, you could kind of take over that territory because he's right. I think other people yeah. already sort of have. Oh, for sure. you got to move quicker. I mean, Noah Baumbach exactly. is— Exactly. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking that. He's not too far off from that field. Yeah. But he just is not a creep. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> but, um, yeah, geez, that'd be a disappointment. Uh, we are here to talk about Jojo Rabbit, though. Uh, delightful— 
Um, what they describe it on Wikipedia is an American satirical tragic comedy film. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Written and directed by uh, Taika Watiti. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, I believe so. Who I think we can all agree is one of the most exciting, delightful people in the movie industry right now. I have to own up. This is the first film of his that I've seen. <gasps> people have been telling me I've got to check out Thor Ragnarok and it's what's great. the Wilder yeah. People one. And, yeah, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, yeah. That uh, uh, boy and uh, What We Do in the Shadows was on my short list yeah, for boy. Movie Crush. I love that movie. Oh, so you have seen it. Oh, gosh, I love that and movie. And you want to talk about it with me? <laughs> yes. I feel like Christmas came early. <laughs> yeah. The, do you like the TV show? Yes. All right, save it. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to know that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or bad thing in your book. but I No, I love the TV show. Okay, cool. Uh, Taiki Watiti is great, Casey, and Thor Ragnarok is in the Marvel uh, Universe. Because you're not you're down with a lot of those movies, right? Down with meaning like like sort of uh, a lot of them. I haven't seen most of them. Oh, okay. I'm more on the Scorsese end of things oh, Jesus. as that goes. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Thor Ragnarok is great, but if you're if you're not a fan of those movies, well, no, but I've heard like that it. one kind of stands out from the from the crowd and is kind of um, yeah worth checking out. Yeah. even even on its own. All right. Well, yeah. it, it's it is good, but he's great. He's a, a delight of a human from what I can tell. And Jojo Rabbit is a uh, – uh, it's a pretty complex film. And I think the first thing that I want to talk about, if it's okay with y'all, is the tone. Yeah. Because getting the tone of a film right is Im- always important. But especially in this case, you really got to get it right. This is about as like high wire – balancing act, you know, (laughs) as you can imagine, like... Yeah, totally. There's so many places where you could misstep and and go off track and Mm -hmm. be utterly tasteless or just derail the film with too much, you know, deviate too much from the comedic into the tragic and so on. So it's such a fine balancing act, and I think he does it really, really well. Whether or not the film as a whole I thought was, you know, I I, I like the movie, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, even even outside that, the fact that he pulls this off at all and it isn't a complete disaster, that it isn't like springtime for Hitler and the producers right. or something, you know, uh-huh. the fact that it's actually like watchable and funny is incredibly impressive. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Annie? Tonally. Yeah, I agree. I actually, I love Taika Waititi. Yeah. Love him. And I was hesitant to see this movie because I thought, I just don't know. And in the trailer, I was watching it thinking this is going to be – Hard to pull off. <laughs> it's a tough movie to trailer, I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, it's hard to explain. I mean, that Wikipedia, just yeah. all those genres shoved into the description, <laughs> that's tough. And I know um, they screened it 15 times. Oh, really? And they eventually added the subtitle to to the name, um, an anti-hate satire, mm-hmm. because people were a little hesitant about it, especially in our current climate. Yeah. Where Nazis are a real Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so I I definitely think that seeing through a child's eyes um the hate mm-hmm. and war, I feel like he succeeded in what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I know that some people it's been divisive. And some people think that it is too silly or you're connecting too much with Nazis, the mm-hmm. good Nazis. Right. Um, but for me, I seeing it from from the child's perspective, 
and and because he purposely went out of his way not to uh, try to recreate Hitler, mm-hmm. try to be like a child's understanding of what Hitler would be, yeah. he says things like, that was intense. Or, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I think that that helps it work because it is just this kid who doesn't really get it. He's like his imaginary friend. He's, yeah. he's like a projection of mm-hmm. JoJo's inter- internal kind of like his shortcomings. Mm-hmm. His buddy Hitler is there to kind of like reassure him or tell him to be a little more assertive or, or whatever the case may be. And, so, and he plays him like a yeah. like a girlfriend. But that, was, that was like <laughs> the thing that I, that I didn't necessarily know going in. I thought when I saw the kind of like goofy Hitler that he plays, I thought that might actually be quote unquote Hitler within the world of the film. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that it is really just this child's imagination – um, and that the whole film is kind of, like Annie was saying, it's grounded in that child's perspective. Mm-hmm. You have a, a certain amount of innocence and and just not knowing. And as he kind of knows more and, and actually meets like a real Jewish person mm-hmm. and kind of realizes, oh, they're not these like cartoonish caricatures that we've been sold on. Yeah. He immediately kind of starts to come around to the more, you know, human kind of viewpoint that mm-hmm. – that, um, these are not people to be afraid of. And, you know, actually this, this Hitler guy seems pretty hateful. And so in that way, I, I, I think the film does work that, that it remains in that perspective. And so he gets away with a lot more in the way of, you know, some of the goofier things that happen. Mm-hmm. It works because it is coming from this, uh, this little kid's perspective. Yeah. And it is a boy, a dense, dense satire. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I can't imagine trying to sell this film in the room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, who, who asked for this movie, you know? Yeah, he's like, it's sort of Mel Brooks meets Wes Anderson right. where there's this kid who turns out is hiding a Jewish girl in his attic against his will and his imaginary friend is Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very sweet and also tragic. And um, just trust me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me however, I don't know what the budget was, but it was not cheap. Yeah, this this yeah. has to be one of those like blank check yeah, sort of um, like trust. You've you've trust made falls. a number of hits for us, mm-hmm. and so n- we're going to let you do this one kind of I thing. Think so yeah. Well, it's interesting because it's based on a book. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it, the book has no imaginary friend Hitler or anything. But the company, the the film studio, came to Taika Waititi and was like, "We want you to do it based on his the indie films he'd already done, mm-hmm. but we want you to play Hitler." <laughs> and he was. A little anxious about that. Wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they suggested that. They did. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure who. I thought it was his idea to put the the Hitler in there. I just know that there was that was their, they really wanted him to be the Hitler character. Wow. Um, was the book a comedy? No. The so book, he just spun this thing on its head. I, I don't know. Yes. He added a lot more comedic layers. Yeah. I don't think it was necessarily an outright tragedy. It uh-huh. definitely had elements of sure, that. Yeah. Um, but he, I guess he knew his his wheelhouse and he thought, what did he, something about like the power of humor to connect with people and change people's minds. So, uh, yeah, and it's interesting now because it's 20th Century Fox, which is owned by Disney. Right, right. It's like technically a Disney yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, it's under the <laughs> yeah. big, huge umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But I do think like the elevated satire of it um, when Rebel Wilson's character is like, let's go burn <laughs> books. So yeah, like, that helps too yeah. because it was so over the top. Uh-huh. I think that that helped make it um, more palatable. <laughs> yeah, I think there are certain like – I think the way people respond to satire is all over the map. And some people really have a brain that's geared toward that and get it. Mm-hmm. Um, other people, you know, look at the onion and just are still stupefied. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I think t- to your point – 
putting a Rebel Wilson in there to do what she did really was helped to drive that home in a big way. Like, hey, everyone, don't take this seriously. What you're watching is really deep, deep satire yeah, or right. elevated satire. Yeah. Uh, and she was so funny. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said she had 18 children for the cause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love her anyway, and she was, she was just fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot itself, I guess, uh, just to quickly go over, like what we said, is this uh, Jojo Betzler is a 10-year-old boy in Nazi Germany, uh, sort of at the end of World War II with a uh, single mother named Rosie, although we don't really know about the dad. He's supposedly fighting on the Italian front, but um, do we even find out? Well, I think he's, he's probably a- more of like a defector, right? Yeah, he's, there's he's somebody that's— Okay, was that the deal? Ha- kind of working for the resistance, but from outside Germany, maybe. Okay, I couldn't I couldn't quite remember. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen it. Uh, the rumors were he had either defected or ran away. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if he was alive or not. Uh, and then Jojo finds out. He gets the name Jojo Rabbit— um, from his uh, by going to Nazi youth Hitler youth training camp, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, is picked on, um, yeah. and he's bullied, and all this kid wants to do is be a good Nazi, uh, which is one of the you know the great character arcs in this movie. I think is this young boy, you know, and I think tonally that's such a fine line, but a ten year old boy in Hitler's Germany would have been this because the little boys like to play war, and that's all this was to them. And that probably would have been his idol because he doesn't know any better at that point. Yeah, and it's like it's a little counterintuitive at first because his mother is actively working against all this stuff. But then yeah, you realize that we learned that she she has to basically she has to allow her son to kind of, you know, um, be part of that that group think mm-hmm. because that's the only way he's going to survive. If right. she if she starts to tell him right away that all this is wrong and. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to have no way to to blend in as a kid. It's going to come out one way or the other, and then he could end up dead. So right. it's like he has – she has to kind of let him um, just go on thinking like everybody else mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's a matter of his own survival in that way. Which was incredibly painful uh, yeah. as a mother. And, I mean, we can go ahead and talk about some of the performances. Scarlett Johansson is really on a roll um, not that this is any kind of surprise, but uh, like we talked about in Marriage Story, she's always been great. But these two powerhouse films here at the end of the year, and I think she's now – I think she's the highest paid actress in the world. Is she really? I believe so. Wow. Yeah, because of the the Marvel stuff. Sure, sure. Um, I mean that has a lot to do with it obviously because yeah. they make gobs of money for those movies. But boy, she's good in this. She's fantastic. Oh, she's always been great um, right from the beginning. I thought she always made interesting choices for yeah. her roles and – you know, her performance in a film like Under the Skin is, is really, really impressive to me. Yeah. Um, she's in that early Coen Brothers. Well, early for her, Coen right. Brothers film. The man yeah. wasn't there. So, yeah, she's always been great. She's just such a lovable, um, such a good mom in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, she was just fun and understanding and really caring. Um, like in a terrible situation. Yeah. Yeah, and just trying to... Subtly, I guess, convince her son that the, this war is bad, and we can, it, if we can just dance or have fun or enjoy things. Or, yeah, yeah. And the part where she puts the the ash on her yes. face and pretends to be oh the dad is so sweet. Yeah, yeah. And just heartbreaking. There's so many moments like that. Mm-hmm. And talk about the tone of this movie. Uh, so funny and so kind of Mel Brooks goofy at times, and then just socks you in the face with. Uh, Stuff like that, obviously, 
Um, there are spoilers abound, so if you don't want to hear anything and you're this far into it, please turn it off. But uh, when when she's killed, <laughs> well, there's the, the just, first public hanging that he yeah, and his mother up. see, and you know he says, "What did they do?" And she says, "What they could." Yeah. You know? So you you know right there yeah. where she lands on it, and so he yeah. sets it up in two ways with that first public hanging, and then that great shot of her shoes. Right. Yes. When she's walking on the wall next to him. Yeah. Because that's how he chose to reveal. Yeah. Um, which is great. Like, I didn't want to see her face. Right, right. Uh, I think he knew that no one wanted to see that. Yeah. And um, it the scene starts out so innocently because uh, JoJo's following a, a beautiful a butterfly. blue butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kind of stands up and the shoes are right <sighs> next to his face. Yeah. And I, I think I told you all when I saw it, Somebody in the theater shouted no oh, <laughs> at really? the screen. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it holds on that for a decent amount. It makes you really sit with the sadness yeah. of that. Yeah. And just someone yelled out no. That's yes. amazing. Yes. And like they shouted for everyone in the theater, basically. Yeah, it was yeah. one of those moments. Like yeah. everyone wanted to scream no. Yeah. Ugh, God, and again, it, so it, it, it anchors you in that child's perspective because he's eye level with the shoes and that's yeah. You know, that being the first thing he saw before uh-huh. he looked up, you know, that that would be the thing that's kind of seared in your mind, I would think. If you had that kind of experience, that would be like the detail that yeah. stuck in there. So, yeah, really well done. And there's also the through line of him not being able to tie his shoes. Right, right. And yeah. her always helping him tie the shoes. And so it's a really good example of what is he going to do now that she's gone? Because uh-huh. she was taking care of him. She was doing this. Yeah. And now... <sighs> And and a good example of uh, a payoff in a movie. Um, and it just now hit me that she ties shoes at the end of Marriage Story. I know. Yeah, I yeah. almost bought that up in Marriage Story. Second movie this year where she yeah, ties her shoes. I didn't yes. even think about that. Yeah. I wonder if she's like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm going to be a cobbler in my next film. <laughs> hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, You deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. 
it's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Uh, and then Jojo learns uh, that her, uh, his mom is hiding a Jewish girl in the attic, uh, played by Thomason McKenzie. She is fucking fantastic yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Yes. I had never seen her before. Did you know anything? Mm-mm. No. Is she kind of brand new? I don't know, actually. But, but I think she's cer- Kiwi, right? Certainly the first time I'd seen her. She, I know she's been in one other thing. I hadn't seen it or heard of it. But yeah, pretty new, I think. Yes, Kiwi. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the nature of their relationship and the evolution of their relationship is so... It's also a coming-of-age movie yeah. and, a, and a love story, like of young love in a way. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, he learns of her uh, her boyfriend. What's his name? Nathan? Neil? Something. <laughs> <laughs> I, have it in, I have it in here somewhere. Nathan. Yeah, you're right. Uh, a boyfriend who uh, we later find out she knows that he's dead. But he, uh, Jojo, like a 10-year-old boy might do, takes upon himself to write these fake letters um, that – you know, end up in the end being really sweet. But at first he's, you know, he's being really mean about it all. Yeah. Yeah. And then he almost immediately backtracks <laughs> at, like, the Which pain he, he's caused. He hears her crying. He starts yeah. living. He's like, but no, it's really fine. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. that was such a sweet part. Yeah. That kid, man, what's his name? Uh, Roman Griffin Davis. A really great performance. Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested to see where he goes. His uh, friend, too. I, I love his good. friend. Yeah. Oh, oh. He's fantastic. Let me look him up. Uh, Archie Yates, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I just saw he's the lead in some new movie, so he's already been cool. Yeah, been tapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was so good. Yeah, and it's these kids playing adult. You know that the end scene uh, or one of the ending scenes where the the war is over basically, and uh, Hitler has died at this point. Right, and uh, and and little Yorkie comes running <laughs> through with his with his gun, yeah. playing war. Yeah, and uh, they they accidentally shoot off the. Uh, was it a, a rocket? Rocket mm-hmm. launcher yeah. or something, yeah. yeah <laughs> but it's funny still. It's yeah, like, it's right. amazing. He's really good. Uh, there's something about the little, like, chunky kid that I always, yeah. like, respond to in movies. It's very endearing. But, yeah, but I, at the same time, if you really think about it, it's so sad that, you know, the, the German forces have been so decimated that now they're just grabbing kids or whoever yeah. to kind of be on the front line and— effectively just be a decoy or, or you know, a distraction from the other soldiers that might remain. Yeah, that but, undercurrent of realness is always there. Yeah. Like it's satirical and funny. Yeah. But also there was Hitler youth camps and yeah. there were, they oh, were yeah. sticking kids out there. And I mean, you know that some of those kids did end up getting killed in combat. And mm-hmm. so it's just on, on one hand, it is kind of light and funny. It's kind of absurd on its face that they're out there kind of, quote unquote, playing at war. Yeah. But then the reality of it was they really are, at this point, functioning as soldiers. And, you know, like, like I said, some of them are being killed. So yeah, it's heavy. Uh, so let's talk a minute about Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I spent the entire movie trying to remember where I'd seen Alfie Allen. And I was like, Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> At the very end. <laughs> See, I'm not a big Game of Thrones guy. I watched it, I think, the first season and that was it. 
So I I did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and then had to look him up afterward. But he, uh, I mean, two characters that are are clearly homosexual, and that's played for laughs, but in also the satirical way that like you can't be out. Right. In, yeah. In Hitler's right, right. army at all. Um, but, you know, by the end, when they have on, like, full-on makeup, and he finally designed that outfit, yeah. <laughs> his yeah. uniform. That yeah. outfit was It was such a, again, notch. such a great payoff <laughs> to actually have that happen. Mm-hmm. They were just great together. Sam Rockwell can do no wrong. No, no, he was great. He's, yeah. just, he's one of the best. Uh, Stephen Merchant pops up near the end. I really enjoyed him, too. Yes. <laughs> so kind, of, kind of doing that trope of, like, the... Hyper intelligent, uh-huh. menacing. Your papers, Nazi. please. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind that we've seen. You know, it's it's sort of the uh, the Christoph Waltz character from Inglorious Bastards uh-huh. or the guy from the Indiana Jones movies, or, right? You know, or, or a, any movie ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> such a it's such a common trope that that sort of idea that um, I, I think the point that's always been made with those characters is kind of like you can be this highly cultured, highly educated, sophisticated person and still be utterly evil, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting that he finds the the book JoJo is working on about Uh how monstrous Jewish people are, in part inspired by um, the girl Elsa in the attic. Her feeding into those lies. Yeah, yeah, and he... Stephen Merchant's character is looking at it like this is really good. Takes it wow, face value. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's. It, I thought that was interesting because it's almost like racism can just blind you, yeah. to mm-hmm. what you yeah. see and what you'll accept. Because it to me, it felt pretty like he was being pretty legit when he said that. Sure, like, yeah. yeah, looking at this ridiculous thing. Yeah, yeah, they were way into it. They're all like, "This is fantastic." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although there, the there is work. there is that moment where. Um, you know, she realizes that she got the birth date wrong right. when he quizzes her. That was and tense. she knows that, you know, although he acted like everything was on the level as they were leaving, mm-hmm. she kind of knows deep down that, like, they're probably going to come back. Yeah. You know, this is this is just his way of, like, planning it a little more before yeah. it has to happen. Yeah. Right. Well, the big reveal, though, we learn is that, uh, is that Sam Rockwell's uh, captain has saved the day. Yeah. And that's the tonal thing that is tough here when um, you're portraying Nazis not as nothing but evil, yeah. as sort of funny or fun and uh, or potentially helpful or an ally. But, you know, if he was a turncoat, uh, which it turned out he really was, I mean, they carried that to its fruition fully. Yeah. Because um, he saved Jojo in the end. Yeah. Uh, to his own, you know, death. So I, I think it's fair, you know. I mean, I, I do think that is like I read a number of reviews for this movie that kind of ran the spectrum from super positive to kind of somewhere in the middle to more like heavily critical. Mm-hmm. And Richard Brody's review, I thought, was pretty is fair. He? He's uh, he's a critic for or one of the critics for The New Yorker. OK. And um, I, I'm a big fan of his work. Sometimes I find him a little frustrating, but overall I'm, I'm in favor of Richard Brody. Mm-hmm. Um, but his his big critique was was essentially that – you know, by 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 having this kind of trope of like the good German, the good Nazi, mm-hmm. you are kind of soft peddling the reality of what this is mm-hmm. because you're saying this is a film about satirizing the Nazis and satirizing hate, but you're kind of filling it with characters that are somewhat the exception to that rule. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the vast majority of these people were hateful, were, you know, murderous and evil and so on. Um so to kind of center the film around mm-hmm. the one or two exceptions, mm-hmm. 
it just it just kind of it makes the film more palatable, certainly, mm-hmm. but it also kind of um, it just softens the blow, and maybe it's a blow that should not be softened. What do you think, Annie? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I get that viewpoint. I'm still kind of, I guess, wrestling with where I land on it. Um, I I remember I saw Inglorious Bastards in Europe in Germany. <laughs> wow, and I. The difference of seeing it with that audience yeah, sure. yeah. versus seeing it here yeah. made me really think about because for me, for I World War II is sort of removed. Sure, uh-huh. sure. And I know all about it, but I've seen more about it in movies and TV or read about it in books. Yeah. So it's sort of easier for me to distance myself from it. But that moment of seeing Inglorious Bastards in Germany really crystallized for yeah, me. What yeah. was the was it just dead silent it for was most of the dead, movie? Yeah. And it, you could feel it. You yeah. could just feel the tension, the tension yeah. in the theater the entire time. So, you know, when I saw Jojo Rabbit, the theater was, was mostly people around my age. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm wrestling with it. Well, I, the approaches are both different from Tarantino's because oh, sure. since you brought that up. <laughs> yes. I mean, in Glorious Bastards, there's a lot of the Christoph Waltz stuff I think you're meant to laugh at. But it's not satire. He's always menacing at the same time. Yeah. Like, it's funny, but you're still terrified. You know, that opening scene, for instance, that he's going to hear the people under the floorboards. Oh, and, yeah. You know, the, the tension is is incredible. But at the same time, he is this kind of, like, charismatic screen presence. He's so good at being a villain. Yeah. That you can't help but kind of be, I don't know, energized or something by his presence. Yeah, it's hard to find the right word. Yeah, yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. um, certainly not like on his side or you anything kinda, like that. You sort of love to root against him or something. He's Maybe like a fun it. villain, you know. I think I appreciate way. this approach a little more. I mean, I love Inglorious Bastards, but this is so over the top satire to me. Um, and my brain is so wired for satire yeah. that it, it hit me in, in all of the right ways, I think. But I certainly see how it might not. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the key is that it is so over the top that at least for for a lot of the characters, you're supposed to be making fun of them. Like, look how silly this is. Mm -hmm. And again, framing it from the child's perspective of look how childish this is. And like teaching hate to children Mm -hmm. is something that is learned. It's not like a natural thing. Yeah. You taught them that. You send them to essentially Boy Scouts right. to learn hate. Yeah, I mean, part of the movie felt like, uh, what was the Wes Anderson? Moonrise Kingdom, yeah, Moonrise yes. Kingdom. A lot of people have, you know, nicknamed it Moonrike Kingdom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course they have. Yeah. <laughs> the internet's way ahead of me, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, it had that feel. I mean, it, it's clearly an inspiration, and I, I think that was tonally kind of the right thing to do, too. Um, I'm curious about when he was fleshing out the the Hitler role, though, like how many iter- just privately, how many iterations he went through to get where he landed? I thought his performance was really good. It was fantastic, and um, yeah, it, it's funny that that um, that it's the, the people who had the rights to the book who kind of came with that idea. Yeah, I find that fascinating because just to me, I assumed it was more like he took on this project and he's like, "How am I going to navigate this incredibly right. tough tonal balancing act?" Well. At least I can put myself in the lead role so that I'm not putting that on somebody else, you know, yeah. so that I'm I'm kind of falling on the grenade if it's going to explode. Sure. You know, I'm going to be the one who's getting the, 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 the majority of the blowback, you know. 
Um, so I kind of I thought that was something kind of honorable that he was doing. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to ask somebody to to play this role in this way, it might as well be myself. Yeah, that's you know? true. He but, did um, such a good job. Yeah, he's. I mean, <laughs> he's uh, he's a great performer. Yeah. I love at the end when he's he's got like the bloody nose and yeah. he's trying so hard to uh-huh. like maintain his hold on JoJo. Yeah. It's just yeah. like a total mess. Yeah. Um yeah, and it's funny to read a lot of the actors when they got the script were a little anxious about the whole thing the and like page, who's going to play Hitler. Yeah. I imagine on the page it's it's a difficult read. Yes, and then to be directed from what I read he was sometimes in his Hitler outfit, <laughs> directing <laughs> just, the just, yeah. yeah, you would have to be yeah. if you're kind of like going from Keep shot the train to shot. Going, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Wow, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably not so many like behind the scenes photos yeah. floating around. You know, <laughs> that's so, yeah. I wonder if he found himself taking a more genteel approach. Yeah. behind the camera, not raising his voice or anything. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. would be weird. Yeah. Um, but to, yeah, to end up playing him as like almost like a schoolgirl slumber party relationship. Yeah. I think was just kind of perfect. I mean, it was funny, and um, it also got a little uh, almost Looney Tunes esque at times. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, especially the end, you know, when he when he kicks him through the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again, I think those heightened approaches are what help help it be more palatable. Yeah. And the mask does slip from time to time, and he does start to sound genuinely like yeah. hateful and uh-huh. frightening. Yeah, there so are a couple of times. It's a cool balance that. He is like the kind of happy-go-lucky, goofy, imaginary friend, but mm-hmm. there is that darkness kind of yeah. underneath it that you can sense as well and that comes to the surface sometimes. Again, just uh, uh, walking on a fishing line yeah, yeah, and trying to get that tone just right. It's a very ballsy movie, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm not one to call with a straight face, call movie-making brave. <laughs> right, right. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, you're putting yourself out there with this kind of film. It's a huge gamble, particularly in the, in the current climate, you know. Like I said, there's there's a lot of people who would probably rather this movie have not been made. Just the idea of, of doing anything remotely humorous or playful or, you know, satirical, let's mm-hmm. say, uh, around such a serious topic at a time where we are seeing the, the resurgence of that kind of ideology. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's... Or is it the perfect time? Well, that's the thing. I mean, Chaplin made The Great Dictator, right? And, and that, that, that sort of undercutting of... The thing that we're so afraid of that is this kind of like pure embodiment of evil, Mm -hmm. let's say, and to make that, to render that absurd and ridiculous. Yeah, take away its power. Yeah, I mean, that is like, um, that's one of those things that when you can laugh at it, that's really when you you kind of have power over it and you've taken the power back to say you're ridiculous, you know, you don't deserve – our fear, you kind of deserve our contempt or our, our just our ridicule, you know. Yeah, he's almost pantsing Hitler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in front of the whole world. Yeah, and because he, he's he's so serious, you know, he takes himself so seriously, and yeah. to make him an object of ridicule really undercuts that more than pretty much anything. What about just filmmaking wise? I mean, it looked great. Uh, the costuming was fantastic, and the set design, um, you know. Say what you want about the Nazis, but they they had great uniforms. Oh yeah, <laughs> well they had that a very strong aesthetic sense. You know, yeah. I mean that's again that's there's that there's that uh, the awareness of that gap that that you could be highly um, developed in in your sort of um, appreciation of art and form and aesthetics and so on, right? And still end up Being so monsters. far afield of yeah. you know uh, good or, or morality and so on. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I, I think the music was really good. Oh, I love the the German Beatles. Oh, man. Yeah, right the, in the, the beginning. German, uh, yeah, <laughs> start <laughs> and to end it. Yeah. It's funny because I, I took German in high school, and I remember singing uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yeah, that right. was one of the like the things we did in class yeah. mm-hmm. was brought in the German Beatles and sang yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So when that first came on, I was like, oh, man, I'm in Frau McCullough's class, <laughs> 10th grade, all over again. After this movie, I got home and went on YouTube and just like listened to a whole playlist of all the German. Oh, it's great. You know. There's like five or six of them, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. it was the kind of the perfect choice. Yeah. Uh, what other music was in it? I'm trying to well, remember Bowie now. at the end, Heroes. Right. You know, a German version of that as well. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember if there were any other like pop songs. I don't think so. I think there's just those two. Yeah, and the rest is like score maybe. Yeah. 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 I think they shot it in Prague. Mm, yes. Makes sense. Yes. Was that it? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. <laughs> well, I just mean like the in terms of yeah, having stuff that still feels like it's from that. Yeah, you can't shoot it in Atlanta. Yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> that would have been great though, because then I could have bugged uh, Taiki Watiti to get him in the studio. <laughs> oh, you did Thor Ragnarok here. <laughs> oh, that's true. Come on. Yeah, I know these. You can't get a director. <laughs> I've tried, and they're mm-hmm. uh, if they're in town shooting, everyone's like, sure. Come on. They don't have time. They don't yeah, have time for this. Yeah, they don't yeah. have an hour for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't have 10 minutes for you. Yeah. Which is fine. I get it. Um, what else can we talk about? Hmm. What else you got? Great script. I mean, it was nominated already for best motion picture, uh, musical, or comedy <laughs> uh, at the Golden Globes, and then um, best actor for uh, for the kid. And that's it. I kind of thought it was, uh, it was be a shoe in for a screenplay nomination. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, Maybe it's tough competition this year because they're only doing five in each category, right? Are they for Golden Globes? Oh, I don't know. Golden Globes, I have no idea. Yeah. This, Oscars, I'm thinking. Yeah, this they're, isn't. They're Oscars back down to five. Yet. Are they yeah. back down to five? I think they are, yeah. Oh, well, that is I could be wrong about that. Annie, then. do you know? No. No idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I do know that, like, you know, they did the 10 for Best Picture for a year or two, and it seems like they've kind of walked that back a little bit. Tins too many. Yeah, yeah. I think we can all agree. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. 
And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. I think it'll be a nominee uh, for for writing. I'd love to see a couple of acting nods. I mean, I guess Scarlett Johansson is a lock for Marriage Story. Yeah. So I doubt if they will, although it could be a supporting actor. Exactly. It could be both categories. She gets a leading and a supporting nom. Which would be cool. for her. Yeah. It'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, you always like seeing kids nominated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely deserve it. I mean, that's – it's a rarity that you get like a great performance from a kid, you know. And we got a bunch of that's them. That's a really special thing when that happens. Like so. Thomas and McKenzie, she she should get nominated too. Uh, yeah. I loved her demeanor when she first came out. She feels kind of dangerous. Yeah. Like yeah. she's the one hiding. Right. But she feels like she has more power than he does. It does. It's yeah. almost like yeah. – yeah. uh, and it's interesting to say it this way. Like there's a monster in the attic. To him, mm-hmm. the Jewish girl is the monster right. in the attic. So that that's probably the threat that he feels. Yeah. But then all of a sudden he's a little boy. He's got the butterflies. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. She's, he's, she's cute. Yeah. And uh, yeah. oh boy, what are these, <laughs> what are these feelings I'm having? Yeah. I mean, that, that's another critique you could make. Like, what if it were somebody older, somebody, uh-huh. you know, who's not cute, you know? Um, he, he probably would have sold The empathy sold might out. not be there, you know? Yeah. So it, it does it does kind of raise that that question of, like, the, the dominoes had to fall a certain way for JoJo to kind of find his way out of mm-hmm. this, this mentality that he was in. Because yeah. it could have easily gone the other way, you know? It, it could have been somebody that he was not hesitant to report on, you know, for instance. Right. True love wins. Is that yeah. the message? Love conquers all. <laughs> yeah. Love conquers all. Yeah. Uh, that that heartbreak at the end, you know, she doesn't feel that way about him. Yeah. So she's – he's 10 and she's what, like 12? 16, I think. Oh, oh is she she's, that old? She's yeah. a decent amount older, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, so I, I can't It's one of those things kids. where it's like the age gap kind of uh, in a way uh, ensures that there can't really be a relationship there in that all way, right. a romantic relationship. Yeah. Um. So it's, but I think I think she her way of looking at him is just like once once things have kind of leveled off and he's mm-hmm. more like he has like a crush on her. I think she just finds it endearing, but mm-hmm. you know she's not going to act on it. Well, yeah, and she calls him a little brother. Yeah, at the yeah. End. he's it's like the classic it's the dagger. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or any dude, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. little brother. Uh-huh. I storm. Uh, same yeah, thing. he's like you're not alone in that opinion. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just now hitting me too that Sam Rockwell. He played a character that had some controversy in the Billboards movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard he's like cornered the market on that that, <laughs> that authority, kind of problematic yeah, comedic foil, yeah, authority figure who yeah. becomes sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. I get. I mean, I see the point people are making. Maybe I'm just a dumb dumb who checks my brain at the door a little bit. I mean, you see, you see him do much worse on screen in Three Billboards than he do here. Yeah, here he's just kind of like the goofy 
camp counselor who right. That's what I, I think there's some reference to he like he's already messed up in some other capacity. So he's been reduced to this kind of that's like the first speech that he has when he's yeah. in front of all the kids. He's like, you know, I, I forget what it was, but he's like, I goofed up and that's why I'm here. You know, right. So and then he gets further. Yeah, demoted. Exactly. After. The grenade. <laughs> the great grenades. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you know, just blown back. So he's not like he's a bad Nazi in in a number of ways, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, I think clearly the the worst way that he's a bad Nazi is that he's I don't think he's a true Nazi in his heart. Mm-hmm. Like every action he takes in the movie, kind of subverts it. Yeah, uh, for the most part. And that ending is great. You know, he he gives up his own life to save Jojo. Yeah, I do. I love that scene where you know Jojo as a child really doesn't understand. Why he's telling him to leave, why he's telling him to run away, why yeah. he's taking his uniform off him and all that. Mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell, of course, obviously knows that yeah. he's liable to get executed if he hangs around. So yeah. he's just like, just, you know, just get out of here. Yeah. I, I kind of wondered if it was a throwback to the beginning when Jojo can't kill the rabbit. Mm. Um, and just that, like, when you're faced with the moment. Yeah. Uh, and then and Sam Rockwell kind of sees this innocent rabbit. Mm-hmm. And it's like trying to save it. Yeah. I think you're right, Annie. <gasps> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I totally think you're right. Uh, and then the real ending, you know, with those kids going out on the street and seeing life returning yeah, and then dancing together was just so perfect. Such a sweet <laughs> ending. Uh, it really, like, uh, it hits you in all the right spots, I think. Yeah. And, and, and this is after JoJo has lied to her. <laughs> Germany won, and she has to That's stay right. in the yeah, attic yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. forever. Yeah. But then he—that was a tense moment. Kind of I, was like, I was like, "Oh man, like you, you were going in the right direction." <laughs> yeah, here, yeah. yeah, you have erred. So what was going on there? He just wanted to keep her. Yeah, yeah. he was afraid of what was going to happen. He was going to lose her. Going to leave because yeah. he doesn't have anybody now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's an orphan now. So yeah, there yeah. were so many tense moments like that. And, of course, you know, you already mentioned briefly the one where she got the age wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, I was I thought they were going to take her. That was super tense, that scene. Yeah. I would have yelled no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been the other big moment. Yeah. So what happens to JoJo now? He, I mean, is there a dad that's going to come back? No, I think, I think don't, they, don't they even say that he's dead at some point? They might make casual yeah. reference to I thought I remember that, but yeah, I saw yeah, it like it's, I mean, six it, weeks ago. it's kind of throughout uh, that either he deserted or died yeah. or ran away. Yeah. And the way Scarlett Johansson's character Rosie, she kind of carries herself as if he's not coming he's back. Not, yeah. Whatever yeah. the case is, yeah. Yeah. he's not coming back. Right, right. So I, I feel like they said something about going to Paris. I know that. Right. Uh, her boyfriend was dead. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I I've, I seem to recall that they were talking about going to Paris. Yeah, yeah. that seems about right. Yeah. Man, I hated losing uh, Rosie. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. one of those things in a movie where, like, it's the right thing for the movie. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. But it's just so devastating to a to a viewer. Yeah, but it's a reminder of the stakes. You know, yeah. if exactly. everybody comes out okay, then it's like, I know. what's the movie about, really? Yeah, yeah, you had to have something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly, I should have seen it come in, but I didn't. Um, and in that part— where Jojo witnesses her, like, handing out the flyers mm-hmm. after he's putting up all of these right, pro-Nazi right. flyers and she's handing out these kind of resistance flyers. And the first group of people they saw hanging in the square, they had those flyers. Tend to them as a warning. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So she knew yeah. that they were they were on to her and she kept doing it anyway. Yeah. Man, tough stuff. Uh, anything else? Well, I was going to talk a little bit about this movie does have kind of a number of 
I would say predecessors or 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 just movies that are somehow in conversation with this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a movie that uh, Roberto Rossellini made right at the end of World War II in the actual bombed out Berlin, like in the actual ruins in 1945 called uh, Germany Year Zero, Mm -hmm. which is about a young kid around JoJo's age who is, you know, former Hitler youth, the war now being just over. Right. And it's it's a a very kind of like brutal film about this kid wandering through the rubble of the city Mm -hmm. and it does not have a happy ending. You know, things do not work out well for that kid. He's really, um, it's about sort of this generation that was caught in the crossfire of all this stuff uh, of being indoctrinated into this this hateful ideology and then having all that fall away. Yeah. And now they're kind of just in this awkward position of we're still kids, so we're not really fully morally responsible in the way that an adult would be, mm-hmm. but we are still kind of – we've been given that belief in what do we do now. Yeah. That's one film. There's a, a German film called uh, The Tin Drum. Yeah, which I, I believe might have won um, like best uh, foreign film at the Oscars in I think 1979 when it came out, um, which is kind of told from the perspective of this German boy, and he has it, it, it's it's sort of in that absurdist fantasy kind of tone mm-hmm. as well, um, who, who kind of rejects you know all of society, um, German society at that time. Yeah, it sort of felt familiar. I mean, the kids during war, and it was Empire of the Sun. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hope and Glory, like there are films that have sort of danced through that world before uh, that is just so tragic. You know, a, a, a child in wartime in most of these movies are either alone or with a gang of other right, kids who right. have been either disassociated from their folks or they've died. Yeah, there's they're sort of left without an adult figure. Yeah. And they really have to grow up fast if they're uh-huh. going to survive. Another film like that is Come and See. Have you seen that film? <laughs> no, that, oh, that, I listened to the, yeah, the Friendly Fire episode yeah, on that. Yeah, made me totally want to see it and never see it at the same time. <laughs> I, I would say see it. You know, um, it, it sounds it like is, a slog. Well, I mean, it is unrelentingly bleak. Yeah, and it's the kind of film that I probably <laughs> that was will the not. Working title, I, I probably <laughs> will not watch again. You know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe because it is extremely well made, um, but man, it is it is just like. A knife in the heart for like two and a half hours. It's really long as well. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It's it's one, but if it, I need that. Uh, to me, it just kind of it it is what the most real feeling film about being a child abandoned mm-hmm. in in wartime and really like what that must have been like. And to me, it it made the war so much more like viscerally. Um, understandable mm-hmm. in a way that I had never quite grasped before from yeah. even other films about children in wartime. Um, this one is just like it's so um, unblinking, you know, mm-hmm. in in the way it depicts what happens yeah. in in war. So, you know, it's it's an important film. It's a really really well made film, but it is extremely hard to watch. Kevin, see Annie? Did you see that one? <laughs> I have not seen it. No. <laughs> All right, uh, that's all I've got. Jojo Rabbit, fantastic. Shall we give it uh, some thumbs? Out of five, Annie, you go first. I'll give it four. Okay. Solid four. Yeah. Four thumbs? Mm-hmm. All right. Casey? I'll give it three and a half. Three and a half thumbs? Yeah. It's 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 one that, I mean, I saw it a, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's one that hasn't necessarily stuck in my mind very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think it's, it's something that I'm going to be thinking about for a long time, per se. Yeah. But 
I do have to give it, you know, a lot of uh, respect for for just taking something so challenging yeah. as this material and this tone and and actually coming out of it looking pretty good. So he is certainly an exciting filmmaker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, he's I'm, one of those where we're we're catching him right at the beginning, right. And we get to see so much. I'm so thankful yeah. that we get to see all this stuff unfold before us and what is going to be a really unusual career. It does make me want to see his other films, so that's you always should. a good sign. Oh, yeah. yes. Uh, I'm going to give it four and a half because I thought it all worked. And for what it was, it, it hit all the marks for me. Uh, so four and a half thumbs for Jojo Rabbit. Can't wait to see it again. It did stick with me. I found myself thinking about this movie a lot for like the week after I saw it. And uh, Emily has not seen it yet, and she really wants to. So maybe I'll try and get out in the theater uh, before it leaves sure. again with her. That's my goal. All right. Uh, New Year's over. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. I think uh, we'll, we'll definitely do more roundtables. It doesn't necessarily have to be Oscar stuff. Uh, these are a lot of fun. So let's just do more of this in 2020. Absolutely. All right. Happy holidays. You too. <laughs> Thanks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.